0: Hello and welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Leah, to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in an anxious age. And uh, yes, it's been a few weeks since we've been on here and a lot is going on. What's our excuse? Um, life. 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 That's too simple. No. The kids. So yeah. much good stuff is happening in our, church, awesome in our church, in our community. We're so busy with so many good things, and that's why it's been a, a busy start to the January. That's why we only had one lonely episode in January. That's yeah, all we did, one episode. Yeah, the year really
1: got a jump start to a yeah. lot of things, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, we bought a, uh, a new building with our church, and we're remodeling it and planning You know, the whole transfer so that's been really exciting Mm -hmm. we're planning a youth ministry transition in our youth ministry team with our church so if you're in the area in bellingham area that'll be starting up probably end of february beginning of march welcome to join us for youth services in the future Mm -hmm. Um, we're probably going to be starting a new young couples group if you're a young married person seeking community and we're planning a new podcast in the next few months with our pastors and leaders. That's going to
1: be really exciting.
0: About parenting and uh, marriage mm-hmm. relationship. We still don't have a name. So if you guys have ideas for the name, send them over.
1: Usually I'm like, DM us. I'm pretty good at coming up with names. We but have I've been, been so stuck on blank, that. Yes. I cannot think of anything.
0: Yes. So, so much good stuff going on. And I took a class on Augustine of Hippo. Hippo? Hippo was the city, <laughs> Hippo Regius. I am trying not to call him St. Augustine. Why? Because that's the Catholic Church title for him. Oh. And he is, I mean, he is a saint, but we're all saints in right, that sense. Right, yeah. So I don't call you St. Leah. You should. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You call me a saint sometimes. All the time, um, you are a saint. We're all sinners. Saintly. Saints and sinners. So... Um, I have, I I took this class over the winter term on the life and theology of Augustine. And it has been so inspiring. Maybe part of it was because I was, my soul was so dry from studying Greek for six months.
1: Yeah, that's probably it. And I
0: plunged into this history slash theology class on this amazing, amazing person. Mm hmm And, oh man. You have
1: his quote. On your yeah, one of wall. my favorite
0: quotes of all time. Uh we
1: had a friend paint it for you.
0: Yes, Lizzie did that. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. That's like one of the most famous Christian quotes. That is from Augustine.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
0: So took this glass on Augustine and so I wanted to just we wanted to get on here and share a very maybe maybe kind of board. is that the right word? What are you smorgish? Smorgasboard? What is it? What are smorgasbord. you saying? Smorgish board. Oh crap! Oh, we don't know how to say this word. I don't
1: know what that is. Sh... <laughs> it sounds okay, like wait, gibberish.
0: Smorgish—it's—is it smorgish board or smorgasbord? board? I think it's smorgasbord. board. Google it. Okay. Um, it, it's like it's like a it's like basically like a a, a big uh, mix of things. You know? oh, okay. board of ideas and reflections, but they're all unified by this one idea that I'm pulling away from the study of the life of Augustine, which honestly like taking two months and just listening about his life and about the Roman Empire and his time period in the church and just reading his stuff. What I love about this professor, Dr. Haken, he's a history professor at Southern. uh, He doesn't assign a lot of reading that is about about Augustine by other people. Mm-hmm. He just makes you read Augustine. So like in all his history classes, he just makes you read like the original source material, mm. which is always really great because uh, you get true interaction with the figure you're studying. Mm-hmm. Anyways, spending this time studying him, reading him, reflecting. Um, there's so much to say. I've been kind of sharing it in little videos on Instagram, but what the unifying theme from Augustine, what makes Augustine, even though he lived in the 300s, so... Seventeen hundred years ago or so. That's a long time ago, you know. But he uh, was it? Smorgasbord.
1: Yeah, but that it's like a the definition. I is, totally used
0: the wrong word. Okay. No,
1: I mean it. It could work. It's it's a luncheon or super buffet offering a variety of foods and dishes. Yes, a smorgasbord. Yes. Yeah, and this it is, is this smorgasbord.
0: Smorgasbord. No,
1: it's smorgish
0: board. Smorgish. Yes. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, next time we'll know. Well, I mean, uh, it, it works. Well, this is, it is a luncheon or a buffet offering a variety of dishes. But there is a unified theme here, spiritually speaking. Okay. The unified theme that I pull away from Augustine is that um, all that we need is love. Is that cheesy enough? All you need is love. Or maybe pulling away from the line, back to the topic, is um, central to being human and, and central to knowing God and living the spiritual life and the physical life the human life is understanding the reality of our soul created for love created for God's love specifically mm-hmm. and understanding how sin distorts love and makes our desires chaotic and disordered mm-hmm. like like it's crazy because you read his biggest works you know he's got this so so augustine is so profound because many of us know augustine from the confessions the confessions of augustine yeah and that is a classic work this book is basically a long prayer if you get the right uh you know if you get like when you, if you're buying audio audiobooks on audible.com you can always like sample them And I like I sampled like I picked the guy that sounds most like normal rather than all like pietistic and like Mm -hmm. old old English Mm -hmm. Like if you pick a good narrator The the confessions is like a really amazing thing to just listen through because it's like you're sitting by the door of this Ancient saint and he Mm -hmm. prays the whole book is a prayer And it's like a very long book. I mean, it's not that long. I mean, it's a few hundred pages so that book is about spirituality and the restlessness of the heart. Mm-hmm. Augustine is basically reflecting on his entire life and he was converted, he was he became a Christian at like 31. Uh, but before that he was um, he was his mom was a Christian, so she was always telling him about Christianity, but he was like in Greek philosophy. He was very accomplished as a rhetorician in the Roman Empire and rhetoric was like rhetoric was like, the the key the key career because back Mm. then the main way that you convince people or the main way you communicate was through speech because Mm -hmm. most people did not read right um and so and and there wasn't like blogs and and radio and anything it was just human speech so people with the most powerful ability to speak and convince an audience those Mm -hmm. people possessed the most power Mm -hmm. so he was extremely accomplished he dabbled in a few different religions. He has this whole y- young adult life of restlessness is seeking answers. And Confessions is a reflection of that and saying, look, this whole time I was restless, I was looking in career accomplishment, money, physical pleasure. I was just restless for you, you know? Like the, mm-hmm. the opening pages of that book is where mm-hmm. that line comes from mm-hmm. Our heart is restless till it finds the rest in thee. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole book is basically saying, God has been leading me by his love. To his love, mm-hmm. you know, my heart at the end of the day desires this and mm-hmm. nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so, this like center central theme of desire and love. His other huge one of his other huge works is on the Trinity, and it's like basically this very in-depth analysis of the relationship of God within God. But again, there's a very simple theme there too. The heart of the Trinity is love that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are a community of love. He actually makes this very interesting argument from 1 John chapter 2, where he basically says, what is the Holy Spirit? and how does, he, how does he fit into the Trinity relationship? He basically says the Holy Spirit is an expression of the love of the Father for the love of the Son and the love of the Son for the love of the Father. And, and and the Holy Spirit is like the the third person who is the, like the bond of love between the Father and the Son. Hmm. Anyways, wow. it's like profound. It's amazing to read about. It's so powerful to focus your mind and heart to read about the inner life of God. Yeah. Like what is God like? And like Augustine is t- p- taking apart verses bit by bit. He's very meticulous and careful as a theologian and philosopher. But very simple too. God... In the Trinity is a life of love, of community, of dynamic, beautiful, unstoppable love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then another massive work of him is the City of God. And the City of God is a very interesting work. It's huge, long, but it, it's a basically a response to the fall of the Roman Empire. So, you know, we're talking about America falling apart these days. Um, Rome was the superpower of the world. And and Rome was powered by Christians, ruled by Christians back then. But those Christians still had a bunch of disagreements. Anyways, during Augustine's lifetime, Rome, the city of Rome, was invaded by northern armies. And to many Christians, this was literally like the Antichrist has come into the kingdom of God, and uh, this is the end of the world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And Augustine, basically, it's like a political historical treatise. He is criticizing their shallow christian nationalism he's criticizing his current uh church perspective that roman empire is the kingdom of god and he's basically saying um no 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 all of history is basically the story of two cities he kind of takes this analogy two cities city of god and city of man and the city of god is characterized by love of self and love of personal, selfish desire and ambition, which is kind of the direction of sin in all of history. Mm-hmm. And did I just say the city of God or the city of man? City of man is love of self. City of God is loving God and seeking his truth. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no human kingdom is God's kingdom. It, it, the, God's city is kind of, is, is the work of God among people in the hearts of people. But basically just looking at all this, Augustine points to this simple thing in all his writings is, the very epicenter of human life is our loves. Mm-hmm. It's our desires. Um, it It is the central operating reality of your life, mm-hmm. uh, your desires and where they take you, you know? And I think that um, it's so important for the church today to understand these questions because... Uh, Very often I think when it comes to loves and desires, the church is not good at talking about this stuff because most of the time, especially in our like reformed circles, it's Mm -hmm. like uh, desire is sinful. That's it. Like Mm -hmm. don't listen to your desires, listen to the truth. Yeah. And it's like, um, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, there's a deeper sense in which God has wired us for himself. And when you pay a careful and biblical Kind of attention to what is it that your soul wants? Mm -hmm. What do you actually seek? Mm -hmm. We think we know what we want, but we 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 almost never pause to ask the question: What do I actually want? Yeah, you know. And obviously, in our culture today, the central operating truth claim is: Your desire, your inner feelings and desires, are the pathway to authentic life and truth and that is a false idea mm-hmm. people who follow their own desires so i was listening this morning to uh, an episode uh, that Yaro sent me from uh joshua harris talking to another uh so like he's if you guys don't remember you know joshua harris is a pastor who like left christianity um he's talking to another lady who left christianity on a podcast anyways he's talking about his leaving christianity and both of them are going back and forth about how they left Christianity. Mm-hmm. And th- the whole conversation is just them. How do you feel? How do you feel? How did that feel? Like they are on this journey to discover truth mm-hmm. based on how they feel. Yeah. And so both of them were somehow you know, traumatized by the church. Mm-hmm. And so that felt so terrible that they had to leave. And now their only compass is my feelings. Mm-hmm. So in a way, your feelings, your desires, they do point to truth like, man, something's wrong here. This mm-hmm. is not honest. This is not real, mm-hmm. right? I need something more. I need something. I'm hungry for true satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, your desires, they don't necessarily t- get you home. They they may point you in a direction, but they don't get you home. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm listening to them, they're both like, he, she's like, what do you believe now? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. A- answer to every question, heaven, hell, God, prayer, afterlife. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, okay, well, this is the new the new normal. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy here mm-hmm. with zero meaning and zero mm-hmm. direction. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's the, That's the new curse, though. I mean, you went from one curse of being too dogmatic to another curse of being lost in your desires. Yeah you know
1: i think that we've come i don't know why it would be interesting to see why or you know how cultural times and different decades shift in christianity and how we've moved really far away from emotion and like disassociating with emotion because emotion is bad feelings are bad and that's sin and we just need to seek truth but reality is we'll never run away from our desires and our restless hearts and they're always right. seeking something and and we're always at war but um like even reading the puritans in their prayers so much of the prayer is so filled with emotion like you know like the depths mm-hmm. of my soul and my mm-hmm. bones are aching for you god and like i am i am melting away and like very emotion filled mm. and i think that there's a lot of truth in seeing how our desires and our emotions and our human experience is all just meant to point us back to the fact that our heart was meant to rest in God. Our heart was meant to be filled with the love of God. And we're going to keep chasing these things that ultimately what we want is the love of God, but we're filling ourselves with the wrong things. And it just seems like in our reformed Christian circles, we've really detached from desire and emotion and even we've almost become a people that don't want to talk about like love and emotion and desire it's almost like a sinful thing we we talk about truth hard facts self-denial self-control but the bible is very full of right things like love and and desire for holiness for righteousness right satisfaction in in god's um will
0: right well, and you have like John Piper, I think, which is like a powerful. You know, he's made a powerful statement with Christian hedonism. Right. Like, God right, is yeah. most power, most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in Him. Like yeah. that's that's beautiful, and he has put a huge planted the flag there. Yeah. But in American Christianity in general, we have two extremes, and people tend to be falling into one of two because I think it's simpler. It's easier to have a simpler definition rather mm-hmm. than. More complex and nuanced, but right. two two extremes are on the one hand you have super like dogmatic like don't trust your feelings and emotions only truth it's like brain on a stick Christianity mm-hmm. it's it's it, it the gospel doesn't penetrate down to the heart mm-hmm. in that sense, situation and then you have a bunch of disciples carrying around big Bibles uh, who know a lot but have no heart yeah and 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 ultimately that's not real disciples real disciples are transformed in their desires for God's kingdom mm-hmm. right. So you have that extreme, but then you have the other extreme with American Christianity where it's like, okay, for, for, for my faith to be authentic, it must feel, I yeah. must feel. Yeah. And so you have this spiritual high seeking Christianity where it's almost like, well, Christians who think deeply and have deep doctrine, those, those people are shallow because they don't feel. Right. So we're not, we're going to water down. The, the, the biblical knowledge, we're just going to feel. We're going to have, you know, you know, worship and prayer experiences that are all about doing and experiencing and feeling. Mm-hmm. And yet there's no biblical lens on how to process those feelings. Right. You you read these old guys like Augustine. You read like, John, you know, Jonathan Edwards is, has a whole book called Religious Affections where it's basically a test of real Christianity, he says, is not... Uh, what you know but it's it's what you what you the affections deep down on what you deeply desire mm-hmm. what kind of person are you hmm but um, Augustine it, it, one of the things that our professor kept pointing out is like one of the things we've lost in 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 Christianity today is um, a, a sense of God's beauty mm-hmm. Augustine is always talking about how beautiful God is like what does that even mean people people today we don't really know how to talk about God in beauty as an yeah. attribute like God as like amazing, breathtaking, uh, God as, as, as being one who captivates us mm-hmm. in, in his glory and wonder and wisdom, right? If he is really God and if we are made for him, then he is glorious and beautiful. And we need to learn to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We need to learn to expect that as a healthy part of our spiritual growth, Right. rather than just obedience discipleship. Like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible and pray and do all these right things. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard. I'm going to take up my cross and die every day. Yeah. It's like, yes, you die to your, dead des- your, your, your sinful desires, mm-hmm. but you're coming to life to the beauty of God every day. Yeah. So I think that, you know, and I think in all this, we get, you know, you get Christians who who get burned by this superficial Christianity where everything is all about dogmatic answers. And I think that when it comes to desire and understanding love and understanding how the heart works in its loves, um, we we become uncomfortable talking about that. And so what that comes across as, we don't have answers in this Mm -hmm. department. Mm -hmm. And what that shows to some young people in the church is Christianity's fake it's not real it doesn't go down to the heart
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, when we're and that's one of the things I pulled away from that interview um, as we have to be we have to be willing to press into the very uncomfortable questions yeah. about spiritual life And one of those questions is how do we treat our desires? Um, James K. Smith has this really cool book called On the Road with St. Augustine. It's not really about Augustine as much as it is about the spiritual journey, but he has like these really cool questions in the beginning of the book. And these questions, they help start to dig down to like, what are we talking about here? And I'll just read the questions. Um, What do I want when I want to change the world? What do I want when i want to be noticed what do i want when i want to live what do i want when i want to belong what do i want when i crave intimacy what do i want when i want to be liberated what do i want when i want to leave so like what i what i like about james k smith is a christian theologian and he's an augustinian mhm philosopher so he, his augustine is his specialty mm-hmm. um but what i think he's getting at in these questions is that your desires are not so self-evident you may have deep desires of like okay the you know I, I i need to experience god more fully or like you know changes in my life or something that i'm seeking something that's not filling my heart but oftentimes we think we know what we want like Okay, if I just if I just get my career down, I'll be good. If I just get my love life, if I get a wife, a husband, kids, money, whatever it is, right? Um, but we never pause and critique that want. So what what James mm-hmm. K. Smith is doing here is saying, in all these different wants, in all of your restlessness, what do you actually want? What is deep below that? What is mm-hmm. the what is the deeper? hunger of love that is kind of pulsating deeper below all these different searchings and wanderings Mm -hmm. you know and um, I think that our generation it's anxious we say it's an anxious age because we're anxious anxiously like roaming Mm -hmm. to find this anchor of like true affection and true experience of filling our hearts
1: yeah and I think that it seems like our generation is, you know, so he- they emphasize so heavily, you know, acceptance and inclusivity and love. It doesn't matter what kind of love it is, but it's love. Like the, this is the mantra of our right. age, and and I think as Christians, we we like recoil from that, and we're just like, no, that's wrong. Truth, like look at truth. Right. But you're giving them an alternative to what they want you're giving them like a cold hard like brain on a stick christianity where the truth is part of christianity but also christianity and truth and the gospel is beautiful and compelling their deepest desires of wanting acceptance and love and to feel like they have meaning in this world god provides that but i think as christians we just give them cold hard facts like god created you biology is this way like even you know with the whole transgender movement and Mm -hmm. um homosexuality a lot of pain and a lot of the reason people group together and go against religion is because they're like we've been rejected at our our core we've been denied our humanity at the core but what the gospel does is actually answers that direct it like goes directly into the very wound of that pain yeah but what we often do is we don't show that part and and i think that's why it's like augustine is so profound and how he talks about these things and how every human heart desires love and we we express that desire in so many different ways in so many broken ways mm-hmm. but i think as christians we need to recognize that desire in people in their own individual ways and speak truth into it and show the gospel that it is actually an answer to your question and to what you're seeking right and often what we do is we just package the gospel into these cold hard facts and look at this data and look at yeah. the you know the ancient scrolls and there's no way that the bible isn't um
0: inaccurate you or know something.
1: inaccurate or whatever and we just bring this this cold package of facts to people but what compels our human heart is love right and if if we see that that's what god is after in us and that's what affects us that's what called us to christianity even though we were born in christian
0: homes yeah i think yeah when one of the things that i'm realizing you know even talking about like biblical counseling and stuff like that like one of the things that i'm realizing about even like battling emotions like i think maybe many of us grew up with this idea that you have to just you have to just suppress negative emotions, like, st- like just push away your anger and um, self denial, self control, self denial and like, self control. Get a mm-hmm. grip on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that's not how emotions work, right? Like emotions are like a bubbling brook. Like you don't stop the brook by putting something, put a man, putting a mm-hmm. mountain on
1: it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that that bubbling brook will find a way even through right. a mountain. Right. Right. right? The, the, the emotions and experience, desires we experience are the product of deeper beliefs and wants. Yeah. And if you wanna change emotions or if you wanna deal with emotions, understand them, you have to learn to ask those questions. What do I want when I want this? What am mm-hmm. I seeking? What is, what is this experience? What is my anger? What is my anxiety telling me about my heart actually? Right. What is my heart wanting in this moment? What am I seeking? And um, that's. I think that's the beautiful thing about like the gospel. It's never about squishing down human uh, existence and mm-hmm. experience. It's actually saying every experience you have as a human being, it has a component in it that is calling you home. Right. And it's also got a component in it that is... Hating your father yeah and let's look at what you want mm-hmm. let's look at your heart let's unpack these desires and let's try to follow the way home and let's try to destroy the poison right and let's see how the gospel does that you know like at the end of the day that's the most beautiful thing i think is that the most liberating thing is when you understand that the gospel welcomes your entire heart experience it welcomes it as it is and it says, let me help you understand what's going on in your heart.
1: And it, this this idea makes me think of how, you know, like detach from your emotions, detach from your flesh and suppress it and, you know, deny yourself. And that's, those are biblical concepts. In, but you have in, to understand them biblically. Um, but also the Bible is very heavily teaching on um replace don't just cut off so like it it makes me think of that proverb of you know the the demon who lived in a house and then um the owner kicked the demon out and cleaned it up really good and now the house is clean and the demon came back with five other demons and said oh look what a clean house let's move in because it's even nicer now um something like that that's a a proverb and it you know it you have to replace you have to replace your wrong desires with good desires because there's there's still a root there right. of and I love how recently I watched uh Jackie Jackie Hill Perry and her husband Preston Perry were talking about even like pornography and how it's not just you know stop lusting um don't look at those images like throw away your laptop it's you know look at the deeper root of your desires and say if I want comfort Jesus be my comfort if I want um, fulfillment Jesus be my fulfillment like right. there are answers in Christ in the gospel in the person of God that are created to perfectly be that puzzle piece for our hearts and we don't see it that way we just look at our sin and our desire and our idols and our brokenness and we think this anger is a holy God so I have to cut it off but yes you do because God hates that sin in you but he is actually giving you something to replace it that is fulfilling to you that is holy and righteous and actually is going to make you a true truer you a true self yeah. that he has intended when he created you
0: well I years ago I read this book um, I think it's called get out of my face it's about like working with teenagers and um, one of the things that the counselor writes in this book is he's like you got to learn to come alongside teenagers in their crazy rebellion and their um, emotion and mm-hmm. he says, Rather than coming at them, come alongside them and and you do that by identifying trying to identify below their emotional outburst what they're trying to do. so for example, if you know a girl is sitting there talking to her school counselor like this guy's a Christian counselor at mm-hmm. school and she's talking about how you know she's running away from home or she's just fighting with her mom because you know her mom is uh, doing something that she doesn't like or whatever. And and uh, what he says is, so what I hear you saying is that you are really upset because you see some sort of injustice or uh, something incorrect in the behavior of your mom. Mm-hmm. And that's making you upset, huh? hmm so, like, instead of saying "stop being such a rebel," he's deep, diving deeper and saying, "What is giving, mm-hmm. what's giving rise to this negative emotion?" And then, and then he comes along and says, "Okay, so you wanna, you wanna help fix this injustice? Well, do you think that the way you're behaving is helping fix that injustice or make it worse? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's actually making it worse. It's not actually. So let's let's think about how can you actually answer the call of this deeper desire for justice mm-hmm. rather than just." rebelling and making things worse you right. know so like yeah. in a way we're all we're all crazy anxious teenagers in a sense where we need help understanding the difference between the hungers of our hearts and the responses of our hearts mm-hmm. and even the saying like well replace it with good things like i think i mean we've heard that for a very long time but i honestly think we didn't really know what that meant right like mm-hmm. okay so like unplug the ne- the, the, the negative des- unplug my anger and plug in joy or, right, or gratitude right. like yeah. well how in the world do I do that like yeah. I have no idea what that even means right you know and I think so Augustine's basic answer to all of these restlessness what do I want when I want this what do I want when I mm-hmm. want this what do I want when I want this his answer is God yeah, yeah. you want God you right. are hungry for your creator for mm-hmm. your father
1: yeah
0: and um Again, here we meet another, like, I think oftentimes where we, like, make this caricature, like, just trust God more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't be anxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, just rejoice in God. Don't be mm-hmm. depressed. Like, we we package the, it's the true answer. God It's literally the answer to, like, all of our heart's longings. Yeah. He is the answer. But because we package it in a very simplistic and in unhelpful answer... It makes people think that it's not the answer. Right. You know, it's a false answer.
1: It's not a beautiful, it's not a compelling answer. It's very, it falls flat because it's so overused and we've heard it so much. And it, you know, like all of our problems and issues and all of our insecurities are like anxiousness or fears of never feeling safe. Or, you know, like if you grew up in a home that was abusive or dangerous or... And your whole life, you're continually chasing that safety or acceptance. Like you've mm-hmm. never been affirmed by your father or your mother and you're constantly chasing that and you don't even know why because you're in a happy marriage and you're, you are affirmed. But everything, like you need your father, God the father to be that and he is that. I think understanding all the things we're chasing and struggling with that God has the answer. He, he is the fulfillment he will never let you down. He will never abandon you. He will. He is delighted in you 100%. He, mm-hmm. is, he is satisfied when he looks at you because of Jesus. And I think th- this is something that takes work and intentionality and truth because people don't see it that way. They don't see that that's the right. answer.
0: Well, I think when we hear that answer, like, God is the answer. Like, we think that that's a cop-out. Oftentimes, okay, so for many Christians, I think it is a cop-out. Many Christians, pastors, uh, they'll say this answer as an easy, correct answer. But it doesn't actually help. Mm -hmm. They don't actually help people see how God is the answer. That's the critical difference. Because in that sense, God is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Uh, um, That is it becomes an answer that is detaching from reality. Oh, like some vague spiritual notions up in the sky, not here in my real experience, flesh Mm -hmm. and blood. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to unlock the way that God is the true answer to all of our desires, we need to learn to look at God through the glory of the gospel. Like you need to learn to ask the question, not just God is the answer, but how is God the answer to my anxiety? How is God the answer to my fears? How is God the answer to my restlessness?
1: To my loneliness. To my
0: Like any, right? So how is, it's okay to linger and to sit deep in those questions. Mm-hmm. And take those questions to scripture. Take those questions to the story of Christ, mm-hmm. his incarnation, mm-hmm. his life among us. And mm-hmm. see... All the little threats. So God does not provide the answer by telling you, hey, I'm up here, come on up to the heavenly realm. No, no, no. God in his amazing glory has condescended down to our earthly experience in a thousand ways, Mm -hmm. bringing the answer of himself Mm -hmm. to us. Yeah. You know? And so your whole life of following Christ, your whole life of battling sin is basically your life of discovering how God is the answer in the thousands of battlefields that we face right the answer is it comes in very different packages and formats and at the end of the day it leads us to at looking up and saying lord you are amazing yeah and um
1: yeah and i think that even for us if you are you know if you are a mature christian who has been on the journey to follow christ for years and we all have struggled but you you have been finding your rest in christ and you continue to grow and we all have trials that god leads us through and sometimes people have trials that they don't know why they don't know what they're trying what god is trying to teach them they don't understand they don't have any answers like maybe this like a sickness of a loved one or a death or something that's just painful Mm -hmm. or like a prolonged sickness that there is no cure um We, we like, we may never get answers to that Mm -hmm. in this side of life, but we know that in every moment God is giving us himself and especially the more we grow in Christ and mature, the more quickly we need to recognize that in this moment, in this pain, God is giving me himself.
0: Mm -hmm. He is
1: showing me himself. He is, he is leading my, my soul and my eyes to see him here and how he is here. And he is a perfect fulfillment of all my needs in this moment, in this pain, in this insecurity or discomfort and i think the more and it's going to happen for our entire lives until we die yeah god is in the business of showing us himself in in the moments of our need so that we can again register in our head and our soul that he is all that i need and i should ever want
0: and that he has he wants you to delight in him in a thousand different ways yeah not just in the one way it's not just God is the answer. What does that mean? Open your Bible and pray a lot.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: No, there's a thousand ways that God wants you to delight in himself. And um, so it's like, I I think that the core here is that we, when we say, God is my great joy, God is my answer. We have put that into a box of, we have put God into a box of the different ways that we expect him to satisfy us. Yeah. Yeah. We have this like, oh, God is my answer. What does that mean? Well, he died for my sins and I'm going to heaven because I believe in Jesus. And, um, you know, he's sovereign over all things. And like, God is my answer. Mm-hmm. But then when it's like flesh and blood, everyday life, like difficulties and stro- struggles, he's not really there. It's like he's provided his one answer mm-hmm. when he saved you. And right. that's it. But 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 that's not how God works. Uh, God is showing you himself in like if you look at creation like the creation story mm-hmm. God gave them a whole world and he said look have dominion be the king and queen over the world and take over the world and subdue it and make it beautiful and i want you to use your strength your arms your mm-hmm. relationship your love fill this world
1: mm-hmm.
0: eat the fruit uh take care of the animals mm-hmm. plant seeds like in all these things i want you to delight in the world but in all these things you're delighting in me at the same time right you're seeing what kind of god that, i am yeah,
1: yeah you're seeing
0: what i'm making you into
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's like when you read a really amazing book a really amazing novel i'm, I'm a huge fan of fiction
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: you look at you read you, you read the lord of the rings and at a thousand different points along the journey you pause mm-hmm. and you think oh my gosh tolkien is a genius mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like there's a thousand different moments a thousand yeah. different ways that tolkien is showing you his genius right that's literally what God is doing in your yeah. life. Yeah, God has entered the world in Christ. And now he has, he, being victorious over death, he has ascended and he has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in our hearts and to walk with us through every day. Mm-hmm. And he wants to live the story with us. The story is is being written still. And he wants to come through in every plot line and plot twist and show you his glory.
1: Right, and not just in the big moments of giving you a job, giving you a spouse to marry, giving you children. Right. Those are big life moments. But he's also giving you himself when you're, you know, um achieving a like a fitness goal where you are able to do the twenty push ups that you weren't able to do. Like he's giving you like in those things we don't we're not used to seeing him in the morning coffee that he has given and the flavor and how much you like get energy from that and what a miracle that is. Or, you know, in the way that you're able to recognize people in their sadness and you see that and you're like i should ask them if they're okay like all these moments or a friend who shows up or or a, a sunrise or a, like something hilarious your kid says that you're uh-huh. just like god al- allowed me to witness this hilarious kid saying this thing and it's just i think we don't we don't we're not used to seeing god in the little moments in the beautiful joy-filled moments he is giving us every single day we, we look for the big leaps the big mm-hmm. answered prayers but mm-hmm. we don't we don't consider his goodness in the moments of every day
0: right and the beautiful thing is unlike reading lord of the rings um you can't talk to tolkien and you can't just you can't lean over in your chair and be like man you're amazing yeah. like you re- you wrote this like with god there's an indirect and there's a direct way to enjoy him. He, you're enjoying him indirectly through the things and mm-hmm. through life, through mm-hmm. the struggles, through the plot twists of your life. Mm-hmm. And yet you're, you enjoy him through prayer by saying, Lord, wow, mm-hmm. Lord, guide me, Lord, mm-hmm. help, Lord, mm-hmm. give me wisdom, mm-hmm. Lord, provide, Lord, protect. Like you directly speak to him. And so um, it's interesting, like Augustine finishes the whole thing thousands of pages on city of God. And he said, look, the whole point was the whole point of the story. What is the destination? The destination is to arrive at the city of God and to see God. Like, you know, John, John chapter two says, you know, beloved, we are now children of God, but we don't know what we will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will, we only know that when we see him as he is, we will be transformed into his image. Like the whole end of the whole story, the end of the story is to see God, Mm -hmm. you know, Moses on the mountaintop, show me your glory Mm -hmm. unfiltered. Um, When we understand that and when we start to understand and ask him to show us that glory through everyday moments, you know, we start to understand our own restlessness too. We start to make sense of our heart desires. Mm -hmm. We start to be like, okay, yeah, I really want this, but why do I want that? Well, I want that for a good reason because of this and that. But I also want that for maybe a subtle evil reason for this and that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you have to understand that your heart, it's, it's an indicator. It's, it's a warning light, but it's not a map.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. The
0: map is provided in scripture in God
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and the, the, the guiding presence of the Holy Spirit in your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think, um, you know, just a couple of book recommends I would recommend on this. Really simple, practical books is one of them is called Strangely Bright by Joe Rigney. It's a really beautiful book that helps you understand how God shows Himself to you in everyday things of life, and uh, another one that I've been kind of slowly reading over the last couple of months is called um, "Gentle and Lonely," uh, "Gentle and Lonely" by Ortland, uh, Dane Ortland, and that book is just a picture of Jesus, like in all the different aspects of Jesus and His heart. Um, when, because at the end at end of the day, the epicenter of you seeing the glory of God is Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is the reflection, the image of God. And so learn to see Christ and his glories in your everyday life as a savior, as a friend, as a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And uh, you then learn to walk with him and enjoy him. So thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know what you think. Um, send this to a friend who perhaps needs to refocus their heart on the Savior. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Well Said, um, and well-said.org, which is the website. It's kind of the blog and the home of the podcast. You can check that out for more resources. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.